630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. A steal by Nugent, by Dreisaitl in front. Nugent Hopkins scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins on a great setup by Leon Dreisaitl. And the Oilers are up 4-3. Well, the Oilers would win 4-3. The Nugent scoring with a minute 56 Left in the third period, the Oilers take down the Jets to bump up their preseason record to 3-1-1. One, one. Yessi Pugliarvi with a good game tonight. He scored twice. Devin Shore also scored for the Oilers with a deflection of a shot taken by Brendan Perlini, who continues to make an impact. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Hartland Ford, overtime open line on 6.30, Chet. Well, Rob, I, I think a lot to talk about in this game. Definitely some positives for the Oilers. I think definitely some negatives, or to put it, more gently some things to improve on perhaps <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh let, let's start with the positive and we'll start with the game-winning goal just a surreal pass by leon dreisaitl to set up nugent hopkins well leon makes two great plays there first it's in the neutral zone he strips the puck from pionk uh pionk's coming up there he's got the puck he's trying to make something happen four on four and, and leon strips it from him without losing stride and just takes the puck going forward. Nuge realizes that. He gets on his horse. Now he starts driving the net. Leon takes the puck. He goes wide. He creates a little space between him and the defenseman that's trying to cover him to allow Leon to give Nuge more time to get into position and allows Leon to take a look at where everybody is on the ice. And then, as I said to Bob right after the game, there's probably 30 players in this game tonight that don't make that pass on their forehand and hit it as perfect as, as Leon did. And Leon did it on his backhand and absolutely perfect pass and the thing you don't ever want to do when someone makes a pretty play like that you do not want to miss the finish and rnh didn't he got the puck put it right where he likes to put it he likes going the short side there and a wonderful uh, way to finish a hockey game for the edmonton oilers they get a big goal from their two two of their stars but yes leon dry settle all world pass to set that one up well and the thing that further amazes me about that rob just watching it and not having any understanding of how a a person could make a pass like that I mean a lot of times to me when a player makes a good shot on his forehand or sorry on his backhand or a good pass on his backhand his weight is going in the direction of the pass when I look at that I mean Dreisaitl's going towards the boards sort of at an angle away from Nugent Hopkins and he's still able to get that much on the pass and saucer it a bit to get it basically two-thirds of the way across the ice. Well, the biggest reason there is he's so strong. Most players don't have the, the strength that, that Leon has. Uh, so he, he's a strong man, and he we, we've said it a million times since Leon broke in the league with, with the Oilers, he's just as good on his backhand as he is on his forehand. And there's no other player in the NHL that is. No player. And that's what makes him so dangerous. He can So on that play, most players are going to come across the blue line they're going to try to create some space then they're going to open up to get to their forehand and when they do that it tells the entire defensive core that okay he's about to make a play he's about to pass it because he's opened up to make the pass on that one right there you don't know what he's doing because he's still on your back end the defenseman played it right keep him to his back end keep him to his back end push him to the outside that was played perfectly by that defenseman but that's Leon Dreisaitl, and the strength of his game is making plays that people don't expect. And he had to go through four Winnipeg Jets. The puck went between four Winnipeg Jets and their sticks, and he puts it 
on a platter for RNH. RNH did not have to lose stride, which allowed him to stay away from the defenseman trying to catch him. And now he's on a breakaway. He made no mistake. Another positive tonight, Miko Koskinen, 31 saves. The Oilers were outshot 34-27. Koskinen was very good. I mean, yes, he let in an early goal, but there, there were tons of opportunities for the Jets in this game, and I thought he was pretty good. Well, the Winnipeg Jets uh, and their coaching staff will be a fairly pleased with a lot of what happened in the game tonight. They had control at certain times. They dominated uh, shifts uh, a number of times in the middle periods, and Koskinen just made big save after big save. There was twice where the Jets had wide-open nets, and Koskinen somehow got a piece of the puck. The one time with his glove, we're looking at him like, okay, there's no way that kid can miss the net, and he didn't. Koskinen's glove got just enough of the puck. He was very good. This is a bounce-back year for Miko Koskinen. And really, he's, he's playing for a contract. It's up at the end of the season. And what's happened over the last year and a half, it's like, ooh, is he going to get a new contract? He wants to set the record straight that he can be a National Hockey League goaltender. He wants to gain the confidence of his teammates and the coaching staff back that allows him to play 30 to 40 games this year and give Mike Smith the rest that he needs. And thus far in the preseason, he's been very good. Oilers win 4-3 over the Jets. Another positive tonight, Jesse Pugliarvi. He scores a power play goal camped out in front of the net late in the first period, deflecting Leon Dreisaitl's long shot. And then in the second period, he just says, I'm going to lean into this one, put all my weight into a slap shot, and blow it past Eric Comrie and uh, Pugliarvi. Really solid tonight. Uh, to me, he was the biggest positive for the Oilers tonight. Uh, he was the best player on the ice for the Oilers. He was all over the ice. He wanted the puck. You could see him calling for it. Anytime he was out there, he'd have a guy draped on him, but he still wanted a piece of it. It is a kid that at one point was a shell of who he is now. He, he, he just got confident. He's become a different player. He understands what his strengths are. He knows what he has to stay away from in his weaknesses. He's making plays. He's going to the hard areas. And his work, work ethic's been fantastic. He, everything that Yessi has gotten over the last year and a bit, he's gotten and he's earned it. And tonight... He was fantastic, and he, it, it's weird, on a line with Connor McDavid, tonight, yes, he you made that line go, because that's how good he was tonight. All right, those are some of the positives tonight. On the, shall we say, unhappy side of the ledger, Rob, <laughs> uh, I mean, look, credit to the Jets. They got some good players in this lineup. They can forecheck. They can create chances. Fair enough. But boy, oh, boy, some open opportunities. One of the Jets' goals was basically a two-on-four down low for the Jets, and neither the puck carrier nor the guy who scored the goal were covered by any of the four Oilers who were down low uh, allegedly defending. So uh, th there were some gaffes and some very dicey moments in the Oilers' end. There were, and, and, and Bob and I were talking after the game, looking at the right side. The, the mistakes on the right side tonight were made by players that are going to be here this year. Uh, Bouchard a couple times, we'll CC a couple times. Those are the players that got to have a little stronger efforts. Yeah, we'll keep talking about that in a sec. But let's go downstairs live. Head coach well, Dave Tippett. Come into camp in great shape, confidence, playing with Connor. So he's he's moving. His willingness to shoot the puck. It seems like it's he's kind of focused on that. Is that something fair? Okay, he shoots the puck and he goes to the net. Right when you're in front of the net, you're going to find some goals like that. So that's what he did tonight. What do you think of uh, Miko Koskinen's performance between the pipes? Miko was excellent. We were red rotten in front of him, so Miko was excellent. 
On uh, on Koskinen, he was just talking to us about, uh, you know, he had fun in there tonight, said he wants to try and focus yeah. on keeping it a little lighter and having fun. Um, talked a little bit about some of the difficulty he faced last year with family gone and such. Are you noticing a bit of a difference in him this year? Yeah, he's, he's coming and just having fun competing. And last year, it was a tough year. I mean, he... Yeah, we rode him hard early and then uh, struggled not having his family around. It was just a real kind of a different year. And then Schmidt comes in and, and plays really well and takes off. So he kind of, his games were sporadic. He never got into a rhythm, you know. So uh, he's come in this year with great attitude. He's played every, every practice, every game he's been in so far. He's played very well. So it's a good sign. If I can, I wanted to ask about Bouchard specifically out in the last minute tonight, defending a lead. I know this is, you know, a focus on seeing how he's going to do in his own end. What are the early returns in your mind and how he's making out there? Uh, I didn't think he was very good tonight. He's had a pretty good camp, but uh, he's still got to get stronger. He's got to get harder with the puck. There's some, there's some puck play that has to improve on him. He makes real good plays when he gets it, but there's some, there's some critical, critical area stuff that still can improve on him. Just to, to backtrack on the line of questioning about uh, Koskin, do you, do you think the general public kind of doesn't think about that enough in terms of the, the stuff that athletes, uh, yourself, coaches, that had to deal with last year, just being away from I don't worry about what the general public think. I worry about Koskin playing goal. So I, I don't have any idea what the public thinks. I, I deal with what's internal here. Oh, so I, I just meant in the in the sense of the, the fact that it was uh, it, you know it was a very different year and it was it was obviously tough uh, for him as he as he kind of conveyed to us that's all I meant. Uh, yeah, we just we just mentioned that that he was you know it was a tough year for him last year and he's come back in great spirits and he's played well. What did you think of your your top two lines? Kind of you, you tried uh, you know casting up uh, Fogel with some guys. I would just uh, we'll go back to our regular lines tomorrow. How did you think Cody CC played tonight? I'll have to go back and watch the tape. I didn't think our whole group played very well tonight. So, uh, and getting back to Jesse, Jesse looks a little hungrier for the puck. In the past, he would give it up to somebody else because he deferred to them. Does he seem a little hungrier or no? Yeah, I, th I think he's just more confident. You know, when the puck comes to him, he, he knows he can do good things with it, whether it's shooting or protecting it or whatever he's going to do. So... Um, He's, he's just a more mature, more confident player, and I think that's what you're seeing. He looks like a better player because he is a better player right now. And he's still growing into his body, getting to know, okay, I'm a big man here. I can push people around. I can protect the puck. I can do those sort of things that people his size can do. He, he can cover a lot of space, and he, when you're in his space, it's hard to control him. So... That's what a big gangly man does, but uh, and he's getting stronger every day. I mean, he's a big, strong man that that plays the game hard with a lot of a lot of intensity. So that part of it makes him hard to handle. Is there anybody else in the league that could throw a 40-foot backhand pass right on the tape to Nugent Hopkins, like Leon did? He threw a lot of backhands tonight. Some to our team, some to the other team. <laughs> I was going to get to that, but uh, yeah, but that's what happens with a player who sometimes gets a little too cute. Uh, the problem is, when that happens in the playoffs, it usually goes against you. And that's the problem I have with it. Good. Thank you. Sorry, Dave. Just uh, to the left here. Uh, just with Miko's performance and Mike, uh, two seasons ago, I guess, it was, it was almost like back and forth. Their numbers were almost exactly alike regarding playing time. Mm. Is that what you might like to do this season now that you're back to normal or how will that sort of set up over the next... We've talked about getting them both into a rhythm. I don't...
I don't think we'll go long periods where both guys or one guy sits a long time. So I think both teams will uh, or both guys will play. You know, there's certain there's certain games where you they have a little bit of difference, but the style outside the net. There's, so there's certain games that we'd like to see uh, that we think it's an advantage one or the other in there. You know, so there's some things like that that come into play, but we'll certainly keep both of them both of them up and going. If, if they're both playing well, they both deserve to play, and that's what we'll we'll try to do. All right, thanks. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tibbet. Overall, not happy with the team's performance tonight. Fine with Koskinen, and he said he played great. We were red rotten in front of him. Had some praise for Pulleyarvi. Uh, didn't really praise Drysaitel's backhand pass to Nugent Hopkins because he said he tried a lot of those that wound up on the sticks of the Winnipeg Jets tonight. So uh, this was clearly the, uh, even though they won, perhaps the least happy, uh, most unhappy that Tippett's been after. I mean, they lost last night, Rob, but, you know, they, they let the lead go late, but he kind of praised everybody's work ethic and, uh, and you know, the goaltending was good last night too, but you were talking about it. There was uh, a little little too loose in their own end tonight for Edmonton. It, it was, and, and as I was saying, it, it wasn't, the young players that you would expect it's not the inexperienced players that were making the mistakes it was veteran players guys that they're expecting to be in their top four and their top six are going to be regulars throughout the year and the two that i pointed out were bouchard and dave tip had just talked about it bouchard uh, i think he had four turnovers tonight uh, was caught out of position on another one it was not a strong game in his own zone cc a guy they brought in to be you know, a stabilizing force, or a stabilizing force in your top four, a guy that's going to be playing second pairing minutes. And on the one goal, he was five feet from the blue line on the left side, and he's a right defenseman where his, his main job is to be right in front of the net. And eventually the puck goes down there, and it's in the back of the net. So those are the mistakes that force Koskinen to have to come up with big save after big save. There were, uh, both teams had, top players in the lineup. The Winnipeg Jets had their number one line in the lineup. Now, I think they only scored the one goal. They could have had five or six. They were dominant. They they created chances. They missed open nets. They were robbed on plays. They hit a couple posts. Uh, so the the fact that the Oilers won was based mainly on the fact they got a bit good bounce at the end and it turned into a good play. But it was back on the back of, of Koskinen, who made a number of big saves. So uh, this is one of those ones where a coach in a regular season would say, great, we got the two points, but I also got a lot of film that we'll be able to show to try and make us better. And you're right, you very rarely hear Dave Tippett angry or frustrated after a game, and very rarely hear him say anything negative towards players, but that's the frustration because this is... Uh, they've had so many good games in a row where they've built such good habits. Tonight, not good habits for the major- for a lot of the Oilers and a lot of the veteran Oilers. Well, and with Bouchard, that play in the third period, he did a good job to get the puck in the corner with about seven seconds left. And then it looked like he had the body position and the time to just... F- I mean, at that point, there's not going to be an icing, right? I mean, yep, you, can, right. you can fire it down the ice with five seconds left. And they're not going to skate back in time to get it. And and instead, he kind of just, I don't really know who he was chipping it to. And then the, the Jets got the puck in the middle of the ice with two seconds left. Yeah, well, you're right. And very fortunate the puck bounced on the Jet player. And he wasn't able to create a scoring chance. You're, you know when you're on the ice in that position, 
what your job is. It's it's real simple. You know you know how much time's left before the face-off. You know exactly when you get the puck, what you're supposed to do with it. Ice the puck. Throw it as hard as you can off the glass. Shoot it head high so that if anyone wants to grab the puck, they're going to have to grab it in front of their face and pull it right down. Uh, it was cute. And I think that one of the questions from one of the reporters was, were there too many cute plays? And I think that one by Bouchard was cute. And the problem for Bouchard on that one I don't think he's going to be the number one choice to play when you would have a lead with 45 seconds to go in your own zone. So when you get that opportunity, whether it's exhibition game or due to an injury or penalty or something, you got to make sure you make the right play so that you get that opportunity again. So Bouchard will learn from that. But yeah, this was not a perfect victory for the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers do take it 4-3. We have post-game reaction from Nugent Hopkins and Pugliarvi coming up. And of course, you can chime in at 780-496-0063. We're back after the news for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Puck in behind the Oiler net. Working it back there. Reichel in front of the goal. Saved by Koskinen and he'll cover that up. Yeah, good work tonight by Miko Koskinen. Makes 31 saves overall as the Edmonton Oilers win 4-3 over the Jets on a late goal by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Jesse Pugliarvi scored a couple for the Oilers, and Devin Shore had a goal in the second period as well. For the Jets, it was Connor early in the game, Shifley and Morrissey less than two minutes apart in the third period. That tied it up. The Oilers did have a 3-1 lead. Let it slip away before getting the winner from Nugent Hopkins. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, hope you're having a great Saturday. It is 8.06. It has been a very interesting sports day. Uh, Calgary is going to beat Saskatchewan here 23-17 in the CFL. Uh, a late comeback by Saskatchewan thwarted with a Calgary interception on a long bomb inside the five. So Calgary is going to hang on to win that one earlier today. Montreal was down 17-3 to Hamilton. Then they were they rallied in the fourth quarter and were ahead 20 to 17. I don't know if you saw this, Rob. And then on the last play of the game, Hamilton tried a 55-yard field goal. I got to tell you, it would have been good from 55 and an inch. Like it barely, <laughs> it barely looped over the crossbar to send the game into overtime. And then the Alouettes won 23-20 uh, in OT. In baseball, the Jays beat Baltimore 10-1. Boston beat Washington 5-3. That game was 1-0 Boston for a lot of the afternoon. And the Yankees were crushed 12-2 by Tampa Bay. And Seattle, just making sure I got the latest score, no score in the bottom of the third against the uh, Angels. So right now, Boston and the Yankees have the two wildcard spots. The Blue Jays are a game back, and the Mariners are a game and a half. So they'll either be a game back or two back, depending on the outcome of their contest. So basically, Rob, the Blue Jays have to win tomorrow and they need at least one of the Red Sox or Yankees to lose to either get get a wild card spot or be in a playoff for a wild card spot. Well, yeah, I, I think they're more hoping that Tampa Bay, who's the best in the American League, can beat the Yankees for the third straight game, which allows the Blue Jays to at least tie the Yankees and have a playoff to get into a playoff to get into the playoffs. Because I, I don't know. I think Washington, their best chance of beating the Boston Red Sox was today. And they didn't get it done. They are not a good team. And Boston's much better. So I think they need the help from the Tampa Bay 
team tomorrow for them to have a chance to continue playing on Monday. Yeah, and, and like I said, we'll see if Seattle could still possibly be a factor depending on what happens against the Angels. Western Hockey League in Red Deer, about three and a half minutes into the second period. The Rebels lead the Oil Kings 1-0. The scoreboard update for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Oilers win 4-3 over the Winnipeg Jets. So, Rob, you know, as we've said a lot, it, it's it's only the preseason. But, as, as you touched on and Tippett said, it, some of the the sloppy play tonight was by experienced players is that is that a concern is that okay you know maybe they're mentally not quite engaged because they know it's the preseason how do you look at that uh, well when he pointed out Leon Dreisaitl no there's no concern on that uh, Leon Dreisaitl is the second best player in the National Hockey League and sometimes they have off nights and when it's in the preseason really doesn't matter that much so I don't think there's any concern whether or not Leon's going to be ready for the regular season we've seen what he's done the last two years where the concern comes in and this is what we've talked about uh you know throughout the summer and to start the year up front the Oilers are going to be fine where they're going to be question marks they've got a new second pairing defensive group in Keith and CC and we haven't seen Keith yet due to quarantine reasons and CC uh, he got burnt in a game in Winnipeg one-on-one tonight there's a couple misreads uh, they need him to be a steadying influence I mean that's and you don't want to compare him to any player before but that's where Adam Larson was and Larson was a very solid low event player that played nasty and gave you good minutes of quiet hockey that's what they need at a cc they didn't get that tonight bouchard who has been up and down in the preseason the very first preseason game he was all world he was the best player on the ice since then he's had moments of good and moments of bad and tonight again uh and dave Tippett talked about it he he needs to get stronger and that's going to come with age and experience but if you're going to play and there's talk, you know, people want to see him move up into the top four and possibly into the top pairing. He's not there yet. He still has to learn the game. And tonight was exposed a couple times against the Jets, especially when the Jets had their best players out there. So that's where you're a little worried going into the season. Are these players going to be able to find what they need? Is CeCe going to be able to be a top four defenseman? Is Bouchard, who's got all the potential in the world and is fantastic with puck on his stick is he going to be able to give them quality minutes when the face-offs in his in his zone when you were on the road and the other team gets to have last change is it going to be a problem when Shifley's line steps on the ice or Matthew's line steps on the ice so things they're going to work on but I can see the frustration that Dave Tippett had tonight because it was veteran players the ones that were making the mistakes tonight yeah and when you're completely out of position yeah. As we were talking about on some plays, that's not okay. Well, sometimes you'll lose a physical battle, or sometimes mm-hmm. you won't get a bounce. I mean, that's mental not, mistake. Not being totally yep. engaged in the game, I guess, is is a way to put it. So, yeah, the Oilers go one for three on the power play. The Jets were zero for one. The three stars tonight: Puliyarvi, Ehlers, and Shore. Well, no star for Koskin. I would have given him a star. I think he probably would have been a star had, star had there not been a couple late goals. Fair enough. And I know that because I was down where they were picking the stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says they were picked by 6.30 Chet, and I wasn't involved, so that narrows it down as to who picked them. Not it's either you, names. you or I were involved. Uh, well, I, I, was, <laughs> I was involved, and I, I agreed wholeheartedly with the star stars that were picked. Oh, you were involved? 
Yeah, oh, I was. Okay. And I and I I thought third star. I thought Shore was very good. I, I mean, when your line gives you offense, excuse me, when your fourth line gives you offense, that's good, and that's five goals now on the seas or on the preseason right now that the. Oilers' fourth line, who I believe will be their fourth line in the regular season with Perlini and Shore, have given them. That's huge. And again, they, they score all kinds of different ways, but they're creating offense. And uh, plus one again, Perlini tonight. Shore, plus, where was Shore here? Plus one. Kyle Tours, plus one. And the thing that do, no one has talked about Kyle Tours much during the preseason. No one's really had him. A lot of people haven't had him on the team. Yep. Dave Tippett has put him in a role to play right wing on the fourth line with Shore and Perlini, and he's played there, and he's played well. And what they're doing, too, and this is what uh, an advantage with him moving to the wing, uh, he, he took eight face-offs tonight, Kyle Turris. He was 7-1. So now you've got uh, Shore and Turris cha- or exchanging or, or sharing the, the duties in the face-off circle. Uh we were. I was down there. I, I sat with Jack Michaels during the game. We started talking. Everyone's talking about the fight for the left wing spot on the fourth line. Who is battling with Kyle Turris on the right side? Well, Sevier. I think he's throw in there. Yeah, but tonight he had, they had him on the left side. True. So yeah, they've had him everywhere. They've but had I'm him just, everywhere. Just saying, he's a possibility. He's, oh, he's a possibility. But he's a guy that's not signed right now. Played on the left side, and from what I've seen from Dave Tippett thus far in the preseason. I he, I believe he has Devin Shore as your fourth line centerman. Kyle Turris is the one getting all the reps with with Devin Shore. It hasn't been Sevier, so that's why to me, there hasn't been a lot lot of talk, hardly any about Kyle Turris starting the season here, let alone starting the season in the opening lineup. But again, Kyle Turris tonight, big part of the goal that was scored. He was standing right in front, plus one, and very good in the faceoff circle. All right, 4-3, the Oilers take it. Pretty good showing by this man. Here's goaltender Miko Koskinen. Do you think you played? The first shot by Connor was an unbelievable shot. How did you think you played? Yeah, it was, uh, actually, it was the second shot. So I did let the first first one in today. And um, yeah, I think overall my game was, game was pretty good, like... I felt comfortable in there, and I was in. Uh, I was, I was having fun there. So I think that's most most important. You didn't have any chance on the two quick ones in the third period. Uh, not the second one, but I think the third one. I should, I should have that. I saw the pass was coming there, and I just mis- misread it. Um, in exhibitions, often the goalies split the goaltending. Is is it nice to at least get a full game? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's uh, it's a different game when you start the game, actually, and um, it's good to get the full 60. Thank you. Miko, just playing off what you said there about having fun in that, uh, is that something that you think is key for you to try and do? And I imagine sometimes it's hard to do that, but is that something you're focused on trying to do more of? Yeah, you are actually right right there. You know, last year it was, uh, it was a tough year without the fans sometimes it felt like like almost not pointless but you know we were just chasing the park when the my family is gone and the whole world is basically closed and uh, now it seems to be everything seems to be back to normal and we see the fans in the uh, stands it's a it's a different atmosphere and uh, like I said I try to have fun this year you know you never know what's gonna happen and uh, 
if every day will be fun, then it's a pretty nice, nice job, job to have. Everybody's experience with this whole COVID situation has been different. As a pro athlete, the pressure you're under to perform, being away from your family, I wonder if maybe people don't always think about just, you know, how much pressure you guys are facing. Did you get a real feel for that last season of, of how difficult that combination was? You know, I, don't, I didn't feel a pressure. I mostly felt like sometimes pretty lonely when I was sitting in my house and my family is like, I don't even know how far away they were. And, you know, it's... But like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't the only guy who was here by myself. And, you know, it's not an excuse, but sometimes we're humans also. And... Um, that's past and we, we can't change that and now it's new year and hopefully everything will be everything will be good and we can enjoy the fans in the stands and uh, they can enjoy the game and uh, that's that's how the game should be played uh, I don't sorry to interrupt I don't want to get too personal but can you share with us what's your family situation this year do you have family with you now or? yeah yeah they're they're right now they're here and you know we're it's good good to have them here and uh, it's definitely more fun yeah, just, just to kind of follow up on Miko, uh, that, Miko, I know you have two young kids and, and a dog. You know, when does that kind of change, the, you know, the dynamic or the element of your life? You get to come home and win or lose, they're there, they're supporting you. It, it probably helps a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. It makes makes my life so much easier, you know. It, when you go up, when you go back home, they don't care if we win or lose, and, you know, you still have to do your best as a dad, and that's the m most important job what I have. Being a dad, and uh, last year I most of the part I couldn't do that because I was away. And um, but yeah, that's that's how life goes sometimes. Is there any comparison to being a dad to two young kids and being a goalie? You have to stop a lot of stuff, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of the responsibilities in the boat, like kids and the kids and the team. But it's like I said, it should be fun here and it should be fun at home. So. But it, it can always, it always can be fun, but should be most of the time. Um, you know, a start like this, you have another week before the season starts. What can a start like this do for you as you try to get your confidence and, and build things to, in the right direction before the start of the year? Of course, I understand that this year the start will be probably more important than never in my life. But, you know, it's... You can't think about that, you know. It's like I said, go week by week at the time and uh, try to have as much fun as possible. And, and just go back. Do you, do you have your dog here as well? Sorry, your dog. You brought your dog as well. Yeah, the dog is the dog is here, well. No. Good. Mika, you talked about the importance of the start of this season. Can you talk about the work that you've been doing with Dustin Schwartz and certain elements of your game that you really wanted to kind of hone in on uh, before uh, puck drop on October 13th? Yeah, I, the main thing is trust my feet, maybe a little, little bit more, you know, beat the passes on my on my feet and move, move a little bit better and um, sit early. That, that helps usually a lot. And... Um, Put a lot of effort in uh, this summer for the just the skating part, and I feel it's it's coming there. It's not perfect yet, but um, I keep building that, and um, hopefully everything will work well. Miko Koskinen, 31 saves tonight, gets the win. Oilers beat the Jets 4-3. So 
we, we got the clarity because the, as you and I, Rob, know as, as dog lovers, the whole family is not the whole family unless the dog is there. So the dog is here, so it is the whole family. Well, I know that having two dogs and a cat at home, the whole family, <laughs> and sometimes they run the family. Yes. <laughs> Vacations is based do. on whether we can find a kennel. Who's going to look after the cat? <laughs> can you go out for dinner tonight? Well, we got to see if we can get the dog fed and walk before we go out. Yeah, we know who runs a family. Uh, but Koskinen, you know, pretty honest there about last season, which was a, a, a weird one for, well, everyone, and it still is weird in a lot of ways too. But, uh, but I mean, he was honest about it. Uh, you know, family isn't even in the same country. And uh, as he said, you can't, you can't be a father the way he wanted to be a father because of that situation. Well, a few things on that one. I, I've got kids. I've got 20-year-old twins. And I know that my twins were born right near the end of my career. And leaving at any time for a week was hard. Being away from the kids and not being there to, to see the changes on a daily basis. The one thing that as a, a player and a father that I found that when you have a bad night on the ice and you come home and your kids are there and they come up and give you the hug and the kiss and you read them their bedtime story or, or you talk about their day, all your worries go away. The, the night that you had on the ice, you, you don't brood over the whole evening. You don't uh, you replay it over and over again because the kids remind you that there's more to life than the one bad hockey game. So now, if, and we saw Miko, it, there was times that things did not go good for him. So instead of going home and going home to a wife and, and the kids and enjoying it and having the dog come up and lick your face and, and everything is good in your world, you're now sad about the way you played. And now you're 10 times sadder because the, the things that make you happy in life are not there. They're, they're uh, so far away. You throw in the fact that the world's in this pandemic and you can't live your life the way that you're normally living it. And I mean, there's times at the beginning of this pandemic where it was a little scary. You didn't know what was going to happen. And your family is in another country across, across an ocean. It would be tough. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that's the reason that things did not go as well as they sh could have for him in net last year, but I can tell you as uh, on a, an emotional level and on a human level, that would have been incredibly hard. And uh, a lot of players would have been affected and everyone knows what your home life bleeds into your work life, whether you're a hockey player, a mailman, a teacher, a doctor. And I'm sure that that affected his, uh, his emotional and his mental state coming, from, coming to the rink each day. 780-496-0063. Got a message here from KJAM. He says, who is the right-handed defenseman the Oilers put out with 45 seconds left to defend a lead or defend an even strength at any time? Is it really CeCe? Has he shown that he can fill that role? I think, it's a, I think that's a great question. I think CeCe yeah. showed promise in that role last year in Pittsburgh. I'm still not totally sure that's who he is. I think that's a very fair question by KJAM. I think that's a great question because last year it was simple. Adam Larson was going on the ice. And you had a lead late in a hockey game. Uh, you you went with Larson. And that is a huge hole. And we've talked about it uh, in the summer. We've talked about it on the show at the beginning of the year. That's a tough hole to fill. People don't realize how important Adam Larson was to this team. How The minutes he gave them, the type of minutes he gave them, the moments that he played. And right now, on your right side... Uh, Tyson Berry is a, is a very good defenseman. He led all defensemen in scoring last year, but he's a better player on offense than he is on defense. Bouchard is a young player that's still learning the game, and again, he's a better player with the puck on his stick than he is at defending, and that, that will come. So that leaves you to CeCe, and that's why he was brought in. 
but we have seen thus far, and it's only preseason, but we've seen some uh, holes in his game defensively thus far. So, yeah, you're right. This is it's a work in progress, and as a coach standing on the bench, there's certain players in certain moments that you always know, I can trust this guy. And I don't know if Dave Tippett has that player on the right side of his defense. Right now he can say, okay, with one minute to go in the game, face off in our end, I know this player is getting it done. I'm not sure Dave Tippett's there yet. All right, Oilers take it 4-3 over the Jets. You're still going to hear from the Nuge. We have open phone lines, 780-496-0063. Also the number to send us a text. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers 4, Jets 3, the final tonight. Nugent Hopkins, the game winner with a minute 56 left in the third period. Brendan Perlini got an assist, took a long shot in the second period, deflected in by Devin Shore. What, what is working for Perlini? that his name keeps showing up on the score sheet, Rob? Um, I, I think he's playing with desperation. I, I think uh, he understands that there, is, there was no job here waiting for him. He had to go out and earn one, and he was probably going to have to jump over some players on the depth chart. And when you have that realization going to a camp, you don't take shifts off. You, you understand that every shift is could be your last if you don't get things going if you don't do something in a positive light I think he's playing on a line with Devin Shore I think that has helped him tremendously Devin Shore is a, a smart simple player where he doesn't he doesn't force things he doesn't put yourself or your line into trouble he's a safety valve defensively so the time that they're on the ice for the most part they've been spending in the offensive zone and Perlini's playing on a line where he knows that when he gets the puck, he can shoot it. He doesn't have to force a pass to Connor. He doesn't have to force a pass to Leon. Uh, he can simply get the puck on net. I got two guys that know that that's where we're going to put the puck any chance we get it. So on the goal that he scored, Turris um, was right in front of the goalie. Shore was about 10 feet in front of the goalie. So when Perlini put the puck on net, uh, it was going to create a, a scoring chance. Whether it went in or not, uh, that was going to be a little bit of puck luck but it was creating something. So Perlini is just playing to his strengths right now, and he's playing with a couple of veterans who are allowing him to do what he does best, and he doesn't have to carry a line. He simply has to be a part of it, a piece of it. And they've had success. They're, they're gelling together. Oil Kings now trailing 2-1 in Red Deer. That's with about eight and a half minutes left in the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. We want to get you updated on the news and weather right now. You will hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins as we move along tonight. He gets the game winner this evening. The Oilers beat the Jets 4-3 to up their preseason record to 3-1-1. Though overall, as you heard earlier, Dave Tippett not overly happy with how his team played tonight. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on Oilers and Elks Radio, 630 Chet. For Cody CC now to Fogel over the line. Tim McDavid across. Pooley-Arvey scores! Yes, a Pooley-Arvey absolutely hammers that home. And it's 3-1 Edmonton. Yeah, Jesse Pooley-Arvey looking confident tonight. He scores a couple of goals. The Oilers beat the Winnipeg Jets 4-3. Updating the baseball story. Now the Mariners are leading the Angels 1-0 
after four innings. So the Mariners trying to join the Blue Jays at a game back of the Red Sox and Yankees going into the final game of the uh, final day of the regular season tomorrow. So right now, Red Sox and Yankees tied. They have the two wild card spots. The Jays are a game back, and the Mariners will either be a game back or two games back, depending on uh, what happens there. As I told you, Rebels leading the Oil Kings 2-1 in the second period in Red Deer. NHL preseason action tonight. Here's what's going on. It is the Flames and the Kraken scoreless in the first period. Late in the third, Predators up 6-1 on the Lightning. The Devils beat the Islanders 2-1 in overtime. Coyotes got the uh, Coyotes got by the Canucks 4-3. Jacob Chikrin with a couple of goals in that game. Canadians over the Senators 2-1. Philly beats Washington 3-1. Rangers win on the road in overtime 4-3 against the Bruins. Lafreniere got the game winner. Red Wings at home ring up the Blue Jackets 5-1, and the Blackhawks take it to the Blues in St. Louis 5-1. The final there, the scoreboard presented by Edmonton Trailer, and as I told you, uh, Montreal 23, Hamilton 20 in the CFL, and uh, Calgary hangs on to beat Saskatchewan 23-17. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center, eight stories above the ice at Rogers Place as the Oilers have three preseason games remaining. Home to Calgary on Monday, home to Vancouver on Thursday, in Vancouver on Saturday. Now, I know that uh, people have been uh, streaming the games if they, uh, they want to watch them here through the Oilers' website. Obviously, there were issues with that last night. Those final two games against Vancouver, Rob, those are on Sportsnet. That's good. Those are on, do we call it traditional television? Is there such a thing anymore? Well, I know it's not on the thing that we couldn't figure out last night, so that's that's <laughs> all I care about. <laughs> it's not, it's, uh, hey, uh, Rob, what kind of laptop did you get there? Uh, kind you can't figure out. <laughs> exactly. Or the one that I have to call my 20-year-old son to tell me how to work, tell me what my password is because I've forgotten it for the 30th time. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so... Miko Koskinen, uh, a story of this one. He, he was good. We'll give you some of the Oilers' uh, stats breakdown here. Uh, you mentioned, Rob, Kyle Turris, 7 out of 8 in the face-off circle. Really good. Dreisaitl took a ton of face-offs, as he often does. He won 13 out of 21 for uh, 62%. McDavid, good night, 78%, 7 for 9 in the face-off circle. Devin Shore took 5 face-offs, won 2 of them. And uh, Ryan McLeod went 4 for 8 as uh, the Oilers, uh, given some of the stats I gave you there, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise you. They won 63% of the face-offs tonight. McDavid played 20 minutes, 29 seconds. Darnell Nurse played 29-38 tonight. I know. I, I saw that, too, and I'm Jeez. thinking, you don't think these coaches take preseason serious? <laughs> Darnell Nurse, in an absolutely nothing game, plays 30 minutes in an exhibition game. I guess they're just trying to prepare him because he's going to be doing that almost every game all season long. Uh, Darnell, uh, I thought would look fine tonight. It's funny, he was one of those, to me, it was a low-event game for Darnell Nurse. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice a whole lot offensively, but in his own zone, I don't remember him being in any sort of trouble. I think it was just... It wasn't quite... And I yeah. remember, like, he had a couple of shots joining the rush. But, yeah, he wasn't... Uh, you didn't notice him as much as you do a lot of nights. And and I guess if you're going to be a defenseman that plays, you know, 25 minutes or north of that over the course of 82 seasons, or 82 season, game season, you're going to have to have low event games at times. I mean, you look at back Nicholas Lidstrom, who used to 
always lead the National Hockey League in minutes played. And at the end of the night, I mean, he was very smart with the way he played. He never put himself in a position where he's having to go from one end to the other back and forth. He just played a very calm game. I don't know if Nurse will ever play a calm game, but I do believe uh, there's going to be nights where he has to rein it in a little bit if it's going to be night after night after night that he has to carry the back end. Yeah, the other two left shot D, Philip Broberg played 14.05 and William Lagesson played 15.45. Broberg, again, you see some flashes, especially with how he moves his feet. He wound up with three shots on goal tonight. He's just going to have to work on some of the stuff in his own end, but there's no doubt he can skate. No, you're right. And all young defensemen, it, there's a learning curve, and probably more so for players coming over from Europe. It, it just, it's a different game playing in, in the National Hockey League arena, so it's probably a little bit tougher for them coming over. But, yeah, he the raw the raw tools that he has and the size and the skating ability, uh, coaches love. They said, all right, well, we got that part taken care of. Let's just work on the rest of the game. So uh, he'll go down to the minors, and Dave Manson will get a hold of him, and I'll try to turn him into a productive National Hockey League defenseman. Bill writes in, he says, decent game tonight. I loved watching number 13 in front of the net. Great seeing his confidence. You know, I, I like that message from Bill. And, you know, Rob, we, we often discuss confidence. And as, as we said, watching road games on TV and home games eight stories above the ice we we, we did, can't you can't really know how a player feels <laughs> you know you, but, you, but, but you can see you can see in it and that's and that's where i was going yeah awesome he was in front of the net on the power play because he he hyman will be the main guy but you know i talked to glenn gullison and he said you know we're going to use yesi there but that that second goal and there aren't a lot of guys just come down the wing and take a slap shot anymore in the NHL. You go back and watch the old highlights of, you know, Guy Lafleur and, and the goalies were about half the size they were now. But but that slap shot goal, and, and those probably won't go in a lot in the regular season, but but I, I would agree with Bill. That looks like a confident player who now knows, okay, here I am, where, okay, shoot it. Like, especially early last season, and he did get get better last year, but the first half dozen games or so with Pugliarvi, you got the sense where... You could almost see the wheels turning. Okay, oh, I'm here. Where should I? Oh, too late. You've lost the puck. Well, and, and Dave Tippett talked about it. And the, the confidence, they say, well, he looks like a much more confident player. And Dave Tippett said, well, he is. He is a much more confident player. Uh, he wants the puck. He wants to make plays with the puck. Uh, it, you know, mo in most games, if Hellebuck's in net, that probably doesn't go in. But it, it's going to have to be a good save, which turns into a scoring chance. And there's going to be a rebound there. And when you have going to have a Hyman on the line, it's going to be hanging around the net. So, yeah, it may not always go in, but it's always going to be a scoring opportunity. And he, he looks like he's having fun. And I think that's key for a player that's got confidence in having fun. You're going to have a productive player. And it's funny, in the, the text that was sent in, I started giggling when he said the word, it, it looks like it's seeing him there in front of the net. Well, it's funny, seeing him there, the word see was funny because that, the goaltender, Comrie, didn't see anything when Drysaddle shot the puck because I don't peop think people realize how big Pugliarvi is. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons he was standing in front of the net. There was nobody fighting with him because it's a waste of time. 
you can't move him when he's in front of the net, so you don't want to make a double screen on your goaltender by having a defenseman and a forward there. So that means, yes, he's going to have the opportunity to deflect pucks coming in because he's not going to be getting cross-checked and hammered from behind. So he's going to get chances, A, to screen and B, uh, to deflect puck or move the puck. Or he, uh, he's going to score goals on the power play. Jesse Pugliarvi is a completely different player than what we saw at the beginning of last year. He's having fun. He's confident, and that bodes well for the Edmonton Oilers. I remember a few years ago at the the rookie tournament in Penticton that they've they've had off and on depending on scheduling and what's going on in the world. When, remember Jerry Fleming was the coach of the, yep. the farm team for a while, and I got talking to him about some of the players in AHL versus NHL, and I always remember he he really described to me he made, it, made it, I thought it was a great description. He said, you know, in the American Hockey League, you can be engaged in in a puck battle in the corner. And he was talking about in the offensive zone, and you can you can you can win the puck and turn and take a step now to go you know towards the net or towards the middle of the ice and and you have that step or two mm-hmm. to survey the ice and figure out where the puck is going he said in the nhl if if you win that puck battle you have to know exactly what you're going to do with the puck but before you have yep. it because you don't have a step or two to skate out without getting cranked well that's why you see a lot of players that have success in the minors when they get to the national hockey league level it dries up and for players that maybe are a little more slow slow afoot or a little <laughs> slower upstairs, they're good enough to do it at that level. But at the National Hockey League level, you have to be quicker both with feet and with mind. And it, it, the, the speed of the game is so much faster up here. And the players are so much smarter up here. So that if you beat a guy, if you haven't made your decision what you're doing with the puck, you're in trouble because there's someone already coming in. There's already somebody coming at you. There's someone closing off the passing lane. And I think a confident player doesn't hesitate. And I think that's what you're seeing with Pugliarvi right now. There's no hesitation when he gets the puck on his stick. He's making plays. A player that is less confident, there's a hesitation. Should I shoot? Should I take it here this way? Should I make the pass? And once you hesitate, the play is gone. Yeah. Well, and and we talked about it last night, the the pass by Eberle in in overtime. If he does not Mm one-touch that, that that play isn't there. Yep. Because the other player closes on him, and then Everly probably has to back off or give it back to, to where it came from instead of feeding McCann. Well, and it's funny. We talk about Pugliarvi with confidence. We talk about a guy like Bouchard. It, it goes right through the lineup. It, it, your, your star players. The, there will be times when your star players can't make a play, and their confidence will, will lag. It's you, Just because you're a veteran or you're a star doesn't mean you are... Uh, you you don't have to deal with confidence issues as well. So when players are on a heater, when you see a player, this guy's on a roll right now, his confidence is at an all-time high. So you try to ride those ones out as much as you can. All right, Oilers take it 4-3. Nuge had the winner. You'll hear from him when we get back. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. A steal by Nuge, by Dreisaitl in front. Nugent Hopkins scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins on a great set Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers are up 4-3. Well, gets the winner with a minute 56 left in the third period. Oilers beat Winnipeg 4-3. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. His way of, like, drawing people to him, is that a pretty good example of how people can get fixated on him? For sure. Um, he does a lot <clears throat> in corners and stuff and on the wall. Um you gotta, you got to work to a spot because even if he's not looking, he knows that you're there. So, uh, And like you said, he'll drink, uh, bring at least two guys to him. Uh, that last play at the end, I mean, uh, there's probably only one guy in the league 
maybe a couple guys in the league that can make that pass, strip a guy, make that pass without really looking. Um, so you got to know with uh, playing with him that he's going to be able to do that. So definitely brings a lot of attention to himself and uh, just try to find uh, find an open spot. I was watching Miko after that game ended as you guys, you know, do your salute hands and stuff. And, like, he seems like... Uh, he seemed really happy to get that win and to play as well as he did. Do you feel like he, you know, puts a lot of pressure on himself to perform and, and when he has nights like this, they mean a lot to him? For sure. He's a, he's a competitive guy. We see him battle in practice. Um, he wants to win every night. Um, and I thought tonight, especially in the first period, he really kept us in it. It wasn't our best first period. Even late in the game, um, made some huge stops for us to, to just keep us in it. And that's uh, obviously you need that uh, all season. And I mean, it starts in preseason. And um, you need to get some confidence. And, uh, and we have confidence in both those. Uh, um, I mean, Smitty, Miko, I mean, uh, a couple of the other young guys have played really well so far in the preseason too. So it's, it's huge when you have confidence in guys like that. But I mean, at the same time, He's, he's, he's got to do it, and uh, tonight he held us in it, uh, especially early. Ryan, is it, just to go back to your, to your goal there, it's one thing for somebody to make a pass like that, but it's another thing to obviously finish off the play and get the goal. Were you, you know, it must have been a little bit of a surprise that it landed on your stick, or how did you, how did you kind of, I guess, go from receiving it to, to ultimately putting it in there? Um, you'd think it'd be a surprise, but the more you play with him, it's not so much a surprise anymore. He, uh, like I said before, he's... He's one of few guys that can make a play like that. Uh, so you got to be ready in all spots because, I mean, uh, even when you don't think the puck's going to get there, it, uh, it can find a way to get onto your tape. And um, for me, I mean, I, I kind of thought, okay, well, it might come to me, so i got to be ready to shoot it. And um, obviously, lucky it went in. But, I mean, just a great play for him to strip the puck and uh, make a great backhand pass. pass. So now you're, you're halfway, you're just over halfway through the, the preseason. Uh, you're just starting, to, you know, the vets getting into games now and whatnot. What, what are you thinking about the way your team's come together and, and what over the last week do you feel like you're getting fine-tuned for lack of a better word to uh, before the season starts um well I mean every game I think we've played pretty solid uh, <clears throat> we've kept a lot out of our uh, um, out of the middle of the ice limited those high quality chances um, tonight I thought we could have had a better start but um, Miko did uh, hold us in there early and sometimes you need that um, I thought in the second period we uh, we found a way to get our legs and get going again. So I mean, it's uh, it's obviously it's different faces coming in every night. So you, you try to keep the same mentality, the same attitude, no matter who's in the lineup. But um, it's about build, building our game right now, building the structure, and um, getting confidence individually, but also as a group. That is Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets the game winner tonight. A lot of questions there about the pass he took from Leon Dreisaitl, which you. If you haven't seen it in the highlights or you weren't here, I suggest you watch it. That was a great pass, but again, what we talked about earlier, and then he was asked by the reporter there, uh, he, he finished. It, there's a lot of great plays that are made. Their finish doesn't come, and it's like, oh, what a wasted opportunity. But in a 3-3 tie late in a hockey game, you get the puck on your stick in that position. Uh, you're counted on to score goals, and RNH made sure that went in the back of the net. You know, we're, we're talking about Jesse Pugliarvi, Coach Mike, texted it and said how come nobody ever mentions the the hip surgery Pulley Harvey had you know fair comment I mean there were obviously some 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 issues I, I think that doesn't get talked about a lot because actually I really uh, don't we don't know a whole lot about you know a lot of players have surgery and yeah. then plus he you know then he went away for yeah f for the year so I think probably um 
you know, that's why I think there was more of the focus on Pugliarvi of him being a player that uh, it appeared would never play for the Oilers again. Well, mm-hmm. they, his agent said that. <laughs> so, you know, and again, that's another thing we've talked about, and I, I, I still think this is, is true for me. We'll see how some of the things from the summer work out, but probably Ken Holland's best decision, I won't say move, but best decision as Oilers GM was was not trading Pugliarvi because it would have been easy for him to say, come in as, a, as the new GM to the team and say, well, this guy's not my problem. What, whatever they, he wants out, he wants out. But they recognize there is a, a player and a career there that could be salvaged. And he's, he is going to be interesting to watch this year. I mean, we talked about the confidence. It, it grew last year. If he plays with McDavid and Hyman, obviously we know what McDavid can do. And Hyman, very good down low, very good with holding on to pucks and and winning pucks and, and setting up players like Pugliarvi. So, I mean, this this could be, I mean, maybe this this could be the year Pugliarvi really, really looks like a star. We'll see. Well, and when you go back to the decision by Holland, if they were to have made a deal, there's no way that they were getting back a player that would be playing on Connor McDavid's, Connor McDavid's right side. So the, the non-trade obviously has worked out because it would have been a loss whoever the Edmonton Oilers would have traded for, because at that point, Jesse Pugliarvi's worth around the National Hockey League isn't anywhere close to as high as it is right now. Some of the other things to watch here for the Oilers in the days ahead, and starting tomorrow, Dave Tippett said in his pregame availability that there should be an update on Josh Archibald tomorrow. He did say that he does not think he'll be on the ice anytime soon. Archibald has some sort of issue that apparently has him feeling well below how you have to feel to not just participate in an NHL preseason game, but even participate in an NHL practice. Uh, he, he, does, he does not have COVID. At least that's what Tippett said a couple days he, a couple days ago. He has to get tested every day because he's not vaccinated. So we expect a, a further update on Archibald tomorrow. I mean, clearly with what he said, you get the you get the feeling that it's not going to be like, oh, he's fine, he'll practice Tuesday. You get the sense that it's going to be uh, something else. You get the sense that they know already if they're going to make an announcement tomorrow and they said that he won't be on anytime soon, and that's when you start to wonder and you hope it's not any post-COVID something, which we've seen players and people suffer from things from having COVID before. So uh, at the end of the day, we have no idea, and we look forward to hearing what it is, and hopefully it's nothing serious. And uh, I, I, I can say this. The Oilers are a better team when Josh Archibald is on their fourth line if he's on their fourth line consistently all year long, every game. Duncan Keith has uh, been practicing with the Oilers after coming out of quarantine. He will play Monday, maybe, uh, for sure, on Thursday. And Chris Russell will hopefully make his preseason debut on Thursday. We haven't seen him in a game yet. And two veteran players that, uh, again, Chris Russell uh, <laughs> at times last year was played well enough to be in the Oilers' top four. And he is a very important part of this team going forward. And obviously everybody is excited to see Duncan Keith and what he's capable of doing for this Oilers team and giving him the veteran savvy and veteran leadership on the ice uh, they the others need someone to anchor their second pairing, and Duncan Keith was brought in to do that, and hopefully uh, he's ready and able and helps this Oiler team on the back end because we know up front the team can do what they're capable of doing. We just need to find out if the others can win the 2-1 hockey games 
with what they have on the back end. Quick update before we sign off here. Rebels leading the Oil Kings 2-1 after 2 in Red Deer, and it is now Seattle up 3-1 on the LA Angels baseball bottom of the fifth as the Mariners try to at least have hope for tomorrow. If, if they win like the Blue Jays, they'd be a game out behind two teams. I, I'm actually hoping the Mariners win tonight so that all four games have meaning day. tomorrow. That would be an exciting. And there is a possibility that all four teams can be tied tomorrow evening which means there'll be two couple playoffs, two playoff two spots, games yeah. to see who gets into the wild card, to see who gets into the playoffs. That's exciting. All right. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer back at 6.30. Chad, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday, and then we'll have the face-off show at 5.30 Monday afternoon, the game broadcast at 7, Oilers at Flames here at Rogers Place. You can get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Pulley-Arvey with two, Nuge with the winner. Oilers beat the Jets 4-3. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.